Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And right now, here without further ado, chomping on the bit is Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hello, partner. What a great time of the year, I huh? I love it, I love it. Uh, are you going to have all 97 grandkids over to your place? At, at least. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at one time or another. <laughs> oh, that's what's fun, though, you know, watching them, they get so excited. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you can always tell a family that has little kids because there's no ornaments from about two feet down on the tree. That's really true. <laughs> yeah. We had to do the same thing too of course we also had to do it with ruby our dog oh okay yeah. <laughs> ruby likes to take things and run away with them <laughs> that may not be good no well we're gonna just kind of have a little potpourri of uh, christmas stuff uh, today potpourri you yeah, say yeah just kind of a mixture here and so in other words a bunch a bunch yeah and you know this has been a fun month because we've done you know uh, last week about the christmas truce in yeah, world like war that. ii and yeah. then before that the city of rocks christmas so yeah. just going to kind of continue with that today but uh in the pioneer days you know the home was decorated with green branches and homemade decorations they didn't have a big christmas tree because there wasn't enough room in their small homes for a big tree. Let me ask you a dumb question okay. right up front. Yes. How did the pioneers in the old days keep a calendar to know when Christmas was? Now, that's a good question, but well, they, they knew the dates. They knew... Well, okay. Now, but, you're going to tell me that somebody living out in the Thule's in the cabin that's going to know if it's Monday, Tuesday, the 3rd, a Wednesday, the 27th, or well, whatever? Well, you know, Zeb, right now... It's, Why did you stop so long? <laughs> right now, it's December 21st in China, so it doesn't matter as long as you celebrate, right? Okay. Chicken. <laughs> Thank you. So, here we go. You know, the trees were too... You know, they had to have a small tree because they're in a small cabin. But, you know, pine cones, nuts, berries, popcorn chains. Did you ever make, making popcorn chains? I, I wrote about that in my blog for this coming weekend. Oh, okay. We used to make the popcorn and the cranberry. Yeah. And, and I was always severely injured with the needle. <laughs> You would. <laughs> Listen, blood, you're blood. the one that didn't know about the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we used to go up every fall uh, over by the city of Rocks and gather pine cones, oh. you know, and uh, put those in the oven, you know. Yeah. Oh, the smell throughout the house. Just, then what did you do with them? Well, you open them up and eat the pine nuts. Have you ever never done that? No. Yeah, that's oh, that's fun. You just go up in the fall when they're and you just gather the ones that are about ready to fall and they're somewhat open a little bit. Yeah. Take them home and you put them in the oven for I don't know an hour or whatever, and they open up. Yeah, this is turning into a cooking show. I know. And after after they open up and 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 cool down, you pull them out and oh, that's delicious. Really? Uh, we're gonna have to try that. Bring some. Okay, I I haven't done it for a number of years. Hike up there. Okay, next year. Okay. <laughs> so you know, again, all these. things... Things were hung on the tree. Uh, figures or dolls were uh, out of straw or yarn were made. Uh, cookie dough ornaments and gingerbread men were also hung on the tree. Uh, the Christmas dinner was planned and preparation of the food began weeks ahead of time. The Christmas goose was fattened up and the plum pudding. Didn't that dude understand <laughs> that when they started chucking more food to him, he was in trouble? I, he, he was just happy. <laughs> and then p plum pudding was left to age in the pot until Christmas
mistake. Now I've got to say, I've never had plum pudding that has aged, uh, so I can't relate to that one. Maybe some of our listeners have, but anyway, uh, there were chores that began months before Christmas, such as making the gifts for the family members, Uh, corn husk dolls, sachets, uh, carved wooden toys, pillows. Don't ask me what that is. What is it? I don't know. (laughs) I knew you'd catch me on that. (laughs) Footstools, embroidered hankies, scarves, hats, mittens, socks, all had to be knitted. Had to be made, and girls were able to knit before they were six years old. Really? Yeah, boys uh, would make little boxes, you know, out of wood oh. for, for presents. But uh, if there'd been a good harvest that year, presents were placed inside stockings. The stockings were hung on the fireplace. Uh, cookies and fruit might also be found in stockings. And I know my mom says that when they got an orange in their stocking, oh, yeah. man, that yeah. was yep. that was great. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Eve was a night for singing carols and telling stories around the fireplace christmas day the whole family attended church and returned home to a christmas meal and then it was time to visit uh, friends and family absolutely. and neighbors absolutely yeah. so a few facts about christmas around the world okay. uh, christmas is a christian holiday that celebrates the birth of jesus christ yeah. and no one knows the exact date of christ's birth but most christians observe christmas on december 25th right on this day, many go to church where they take part in special religious services. Uh, during the Christmas season, they also exchange gifts and decorate their homes with holly, mistletoe, Christmas trees. Um, the first mention of the celebration of Christmas actually occurred in A.D. 336 in an early Roman calendar, which actually indicated December 25th as the day of observance. That far back? Yeah. I did not then. know that. So uh, this celebration was probably influenced somewhat by uh, some of the pagan things that were going on at the time. Yeah. Anyway, the ancient Romans, uh, you know, they held these year-end celebrations. And uh, uh, in the late 300s, Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, by 1100, Christmas had become the most important religious festival in Europe, and St. Nicholas was a symbol of gift-giving in a lot of these European countries. Right. So clear back, you know. But uh, anyway, during the Reformation, many Christians began to consider the, Christ- the uh, Christmas as a pagan celebration because it included some non-religious well, Why was customs. it considered pagan when the original content, and still is, the birth of Jesus? I guess some of the traditions that started coming about. Some of the secularism? Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, during the 1600s, because of these feelings, Christmas was outlawed in England. You're kidding. And also in parts of the English colonies here in America. I didn't know that. And I didn't realize that either. I thought it had just been uh, as it had been for years and years. So, however, you know, people continued to exchange Christmas gifts and soon started to follow the old customs again. So, you know, even though it was somewhat outlawed, uh, it, that didn't last long. But it became a federal holiday here in, what, 1954? No, earlier than that, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But anyway, in the 1800s, two more Christmas customs became popular, uh, decorating Christmas trees and sending Christmas cards to relatives and friends. Uh, Many well-known Christmas carols, including Silent Night and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's my favorite right there. And and I've got some more. uh, We're going to talk about some songs here in a minute. Yeah. But these were composed during this period in the 1800s. And we still sing them today. But uh, in the United States and other countries, Santa Claus replaced St. Nicholas as the symbol of gift giving. 
Really? Okay. Now, in England and the British Isles, many Christmas, Christmas customs that are popular in the United States and Canada originated in the British Isles. Hmm. And if you think about it, you had a lot of immigrants that came from England. Yeah. You know, in the well, beginning. Yeah. So. But uh, these customs include sending Christmas cards, hanging a sprig of mistletoe in a room or a hallway. Oh, why did they do that? Uh, we may get to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, according to tradition, a person may kiss anyone standing under the mistletoe. Uh-huh. So watch, that leaves the door open for a lot of running st- the other way. <laughs> watch where you stand yeah. when aunt somebody comes in the door. <laughs> Reminds me of my Aunt Millie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You don't want me to tell you about my Aunt Millie? Uh, you go ahead. At Christmas, when they came, she'd come to dinner on Christmas Day, she'd always bring a little sprig of that mistletoe. <laughs> and, and you had to, man. I mean, oh. it was getting old after a while. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, All right. Enough of the end. Okay. Now, in Ireland, people actually put a lighted candle in their window on Christmas Eve as a sign of welcome to passing travelers. Really? In France, children put their shoes in front of the fireplace so that Father Christmas can fill them with gifts. Can you imagine how that stunk? <laughs> and if you had little feet, you, you were in trouble. <laughs> now, in Germany, children receive candy and other sweets. They on... put candy in their shoes? No, no, no. This is in Germany now. Oh. Now we're in Germany. Uh, they get candy and other su- uh, sweets on December 6th from St. Nicholas, a Christian bishop who died in A.D. 300. Oh my! So that's see you can see how kind of this has come about over the years with different countries. But you know, really, did they lose sight of the fact that it was still Christ's birthday? I don't know. You know, that's what we work with, work towards now. Yeah, yeah, you know, is yeah. the, the the true meaning of Christmas, right? So now in Spain during the evening of January fifth. Children put their shoes on a balcony or near a window, and according to the legend, the wise men arriving during the night would fill the children's shoes with small gifts. Now, that's another little bit of a... I'm glad we don't do that. Uh, Me too. Now, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, according to the legend, St. Nicholas gives presents to children on the eve of December 6th, wearing a red robe. He arrives on a boat from Spain and rides down the streets on a white horse. With an Evinrude that's still left running, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Italy, uh, Italians serve eels for dinner on Christmas Eve. Eels? Like in slippery, greasy well, fish? I, you know, give me a good old turkey any day. Yeah, I've never eaten eel. Oh. Uh, I don't particularly want to. Yeah. Now, in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, Christmas dinner included rice pudding, which has a single almond in it. Now, according to tradition, whoever gets the almond will have good luck throughout the new year. Really? And my mom actually did this a few times. Uh, she made a, I can't remember what it was, a cake or a pudding or something, and she would put a, a an almond in there uh-huh. and dish it out to everybody. One almond? One almond, and then whoever... You couldn't see it, so whoever got the almond in their bowl is supposed to have good luck for the rest what of it. What happens if through the whole Christmas dinner nobody strikes gold with the almond and it goes back in the refrigerator? You go back to the bo- back to the pot. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, we just had a text, and this person said that, and I lost a doggone text, that I think it was 1874 it became a federal holiday. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, gift-giving, of course, the custom of giving gifts to relatives and friends on a special day in winter probably began in ancient Rome and northern Europe, and in these regions, people gave each other small presents as 
part of their year-end celebration. So uh, the Christmas wreath, this is an ancient Roman thing that uh, they would decorate their homes. With a wreath? Yeah, with a wreath, you know, the round... I know what a wreath is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, explain, explain it to me, Doc. <laughs> You're the one that couldn't find the calendar. I know. All right. Uh, now, Holly uh, is actually an evergreen, and early Christmas decorated early Christians decorated their homes and churches with this tree at Christmas time. They called it the Holy Tree. And so the word holly may have come from this. I see. Okay. Okay. Now, mistletoe, we've talked about that. The uh, ancient Celtic priests considered the plant sacred. They gave people sprigs of it to use as charms. And wherever it came down to a person standing under it, got a kiss. I don't know. Really? But it started back from the ancient Celtic priests. At the IBM office party. (laughs) Somewhere back there. (laughs) Now, most of the carols sung today were originally composed in the 1700s and 1800s. Really? Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The words of the famous carol, as you mentioned, Silent Night, were written on Christmas Eve in 1818 by a guy named Joseph Moore. Okay. And he was an Austrian priest. What about my favorite song, Away in a Manger? Um, See, I'm not sure. Do you have that one? I don't know if I've got that one. Okay. Let me keep going here. Little Town of Bethlehem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, Holy Night, another famous carol, was introduced at Midnight, Midnight Mass in 1847. Wow. I, I think it's great that we have these songs that have a, a long history. Like Hark the Herald Angels yeah. Sing. Yeah. And Christmas cards, of course, that was created. Uh, and, you know. But I, you see, with the songs that you're talking about, going way back into the, what, late 1700s, early 1800s, yeah. all of that brings back the vibrancy of the real meaning of Christmas. Yes, yes. Now, large numbers of people enjoy reading Christmas stories and poems during the holiday season, and, for example, a Christmas carol. Now, like I do on Thursdays uh, for my Christmas show. Yes. And this was written in 1843 by Charles Dickens, and one of the most famous stories ever ever uh, written. And, you know, there's a bunch of different versions. God of the, bless us, everyone. Yes. And there's different versions of that, and uh, there's one, and I can't remember the name of the actor, that my, my wife really likes this particular version, but I can't remember which. Uh, it, it, there's usually about three or four on right. during a Christmas time, but there is one that I personally like the best. The other ones seem kind of yeah. uh, cheap. Yeah, the, and the one I'm thinking that my wife likes is a one that's a little older one. Yeah. That's been yep, around for yep, a long yep, time. Yep, 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 I agree. So, yeah. okay, now. We're going with more. We're going with a little Sooner more. Sooner or later, he's going to find the calendar. <laughs> now, I'm going to talk about a couple of songs. Okay, okay? good. The song, What Child Is This? Oh, yeah, You've heard that. that. Love it. It's a Christmas carol whose lyrics were written by a guy named William Chatterton Dix, and that was clear back in 1865. Wow. Now, at the time of composing the carol, Dix worked as an insurance company manager and had been struck by a severe illness. Oh, my. Now, while he was recovering, he just kind of had a, a, a great experience that led him to write several hymns, including the lyrics to this song, and it was subsequently set to the tune of Greensleeves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a traditional English folk song. Yeah. Yeah. And although it was written in England, the carol is more popular in the United States than actually in England. Do you remember the great big uh, television, uh, made-for-television drama? And I think maybe it hit the big screen, too. Um, uh, Centennial. Remember that? 
about how the West, or how the West was won. Do you oh, remember yes, that? Yes. That song, Greensleeves, was in there. Okay. Uh, prominently. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just want to read the the lyrics to this song. Which one? Okay. Uh, what child is this? Okay. So it goes: What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. Mm. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise the song on high, the virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. I love that. I I love that. You know what my favorite Christmas song is now, today, uh, of all the Christmas songs, is that song that was written, and I forgot his name. All of a sudden, he used to be one of the lead singers with the Gaither Gospel Hour, and it's the song. He wrote the lyrics for Mary, Did You Know? Oh, that's... That is... I sang that a couple of years ago uh, with Pastor Alex Lissau on Christmas, and I'm going to tell you something. That song, it brings tears to my eyes. That is an an amazing song. I love that. So now, Zeb, you know the holidays can be a depressing time for people who are in time of personal loss. And perhaps no better illustration than this story about Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. His young daughter was burned by fire. She died from the wounds, and the poet suffered extreme sadness and grief. Then came the Civil War, and the Longfellows nursed a son who was wounded in the war. And this is the song that he wrote during this time and I, I'd like to uh, I'm gonna go through this song okay we got about three and a half minutes uh, that'll be that'll be about okay, right good it's uh, Christmas bells it says I heard the bells oh, you know this one I heard the bells on Christmas Day their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth goodwill to men and thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Oh, I love that song. You absolutely hit a home run there. Uh, One of the greatest songs ever written, I think. I love the lyrics. You know what, Christmas, for all the naysayers out there, and I don't understand why they feel such animus against Christmas and against us as Christians, um, they can do their thing. They can go their own way, but don't take it away from me. You know, in this time of year, you see so many great acts of kindness. Oh I mean, yeah. uh, time after time, people that are uh, willing to share and, yep. and, and food and gifts to... to People that are less fortunate. I, I read something a few, a few years ago that Americans donate more to charity than any other country in the That's world. That's true. And, That's true. And 
you know, we have all been blessed tremendously. Uh, and to share that, uh, I think, is part of our duty somewhat. Well, when you get advertisements in the mail, whether it's for a children's hospital or whether it's for the Cancer Foundation or whether it's for any organization that needs funds to help other people, don't tell me that at this time of the year that doesn't tug at your heartstrings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we have a We have a great nation, Zeb. Yeah, we do. We have a lot, a lot of great people in this country. Yep. I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, here we are waxing nostalgic here this morning, but uh, I certainly have appreciated again another year working with you, coming into my home, making Ruby mad, and giving us, Doctor, historical notes. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to next year. Yes, it's been it's been a, a great time. I've enjoyed coming out here. It's fun. Uh, sometimes we talk serious, and sometimes we don't. Well, and one of the we don't segments would be, would you please make up a story or try to figure out the facts as to how they kept track of uh, the dates, dates <laughs> when they're living way out in the boonies? I probably won't even do that. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. <laughs> but no, may I, on behalf of my wife and myself, extend to you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And to you, Zeb, as well, uh, this has been just a great experience for me for over the years and uh, uh, a very Merry Christmas to you and your family and looking forward to a great new year. I am too because of all the countries that have logged in and listened to our segments, we still haven't had anybody leave the United Nations. or That we know of. <laughs> that we know of. So I'm looking forward to a great next year. Thank you so much. You bet. God you have bless. A good day, Zeb. All right. Merry Christmas. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.